Conspiracy theories are everywhere these days. If you count the legal votes, I easily win. If you count the illegal votes, they can try to steal the election from us. Pizzagate is real. The question is, how real is it? What is it? Something's going on. Something's being covered up. It needs to be investigated. Yes, vaccines do harm people. Magnetic vaccine crystals? Explain to me why the key sticks to me. The latest theory is about something seemingly innocuous. Plans to design towns and cities so that shops and services are easily reachable on foot. The idea of 15-minute cities has spread to Paris, Melbourne and South Korea. This concept, known as 15-minute cities, is not new, but it is now the focus of online conspiracy theories that are already manifesting in real-world action. Essentially, what they're doing to Oxford is they're restricting people's freedom to move. You have to pay the government in order to get round the block. This is the first trial that they're going to do for the 15-minute cities. So I think it's really important to raise awareness right now before this gets out of control. Once it's established with digital ID and digital currency, people are going to be totally controlled by, uh, by the elite. This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Aideen Finnegan. Today, I talked to my colleagues Olivia Kelly and Patrick Frayne about the 15-minute city conspiracy. Olivia, tell us, what is a 15-minute city? Well, it's a concept that's been around for a few years, but I suppose took hold during the pandemic because of the change in the way we were living then. And the notion is that you should have everything you need for a nice life within a 15, 10 to 15, say, minute walk or cycle of your home. So that means shops, it means schools, it means other facilities, say cultural facilities, things like cinemas or theatres. It, it can also mean medical facilities. Now, not everyone is going to have a hospital in, in their small town, but that you know, you should have a decent level of facilities, health centres, doctors, so that basically it's the notion that we would have had centuries ago of your small town providing everything that you need so you don't necessarily need to leave it. And that could even be for your for your job, that your job would, would allow you to be within your small town, your area. Now, when I say small town, that doesn't have to mean your little rural small town that can be Dublin or it can be a suburb of Dublin, but just that you won't have to every day get up, get in a car, get in a train and go on a very long journey for what you need. Where does 15 minutes come from then? Like, Where does the concept come from? I think it was just seen as a a livable figure, as in 15 minutes. The concept, it's, a, it's one of these these notions that probably has a lot of fathers or mothers, if you want to think of it that way. I'd say a lot of people lay claim to it. I would like to offer a concept of cities that goes in the opposite direction to modern urbanism. There's a Paris-based academic, Carlos Moreno, who he said six, about six years ago that he came up with this concept. I call it the 15-minute city. But if you think of it as a concept, it's a concept that's in all our plans, our regional plans, our national plans, our, our city and county development plans. It may just not have the name of 15-minute. But we've had this notion for, for quite a few years now that we want to get away from the development of all our housing right on the outskirts, as in, in the cheapest green field a developer can get his hands on, that we should really be consolidating development 
in towns or or in existing urban areas that we shouldn't be encouraging the sort of sprawl that everyone is familiar with, particularly from the, the 60s, 70s, 80s and right into the 1990s, where everything was just built in the commuter belt of Dublin, say, if, if you're talking about an Irish context and that you spent your, half your life in the car. And, you know, it's not all just based on trying to, to stop people getting into their cars. It's, it really is a notion that we should make life a bit nicer for ourselves. So you said there it's not all about taking people away from their cars. Mm. But this concept is in the news now because in the UK city of Oxford, it's introducing a low traffic neighbourhood scheme in which it's introducing a fee to drive a car in the city at certain times, as well as book lanes and other measures to kind of encourage other modes of transport. So it makes it better to cycle and walk, but a bit harder to get around by car. Now, you would expect some opposition to that but maybe not the level and intensity of what's happened. On the march in Oxford, protesters from all over the country descended on the city this afternoon to voice their objections to low-traffic neighbourhoods. It essentially is restricting people's right to move. You have to pay the government in order to get round the block. This is just a start. Once they start, they will keep on going and keep on taking away from us. So 2,000 people took to the streets of Oxford and some of them were holding placards with messages like 15 minute WEF, that stands for World Economic Forum. The 15 minute WEF ghettos are not about climate, they're about tyrannical control and say no to the new world order, say no to 15 minute prison cities and then phrases like wake up people. Yeah, this is fantastically interesting. Like It's it's an amalgamation of of an all of a lot of different thoughts into one sort of you know inane thought really and you know basically they they've they've sort of thought about this well you know this 15 minute city concept relies a lot on encouraging people out of their cars and then there's this low traffic neighborhood concept which is you know not allowing people to drive their cars in certain locations or putting a fine on people if they do want to drive their cars in certain locations and they've amalgamated the whole thing and they've referred to it now the the language they use is really interesting like a 15 minute lockdown and that will will spike the fears of people who saw covid as some sort of conspiracy you know theory or conspiracy generated event, you know, where they will think kind of like, oh, that sounds familiar, a lockdown, a 15 minute lockdown. So what they've said is in in this instance that the 15 minute city, it isn't a thing as I've described it as offering you something, that it's a way of controlling you. Patrick Frayne, features writer with the Irish Times. You wrote uh, a sort of tongue-in-cheek explainer, I guess it's fair to say, about how the harmless idea of 15-minute cities is exercising conspiracy theorists. What tickled you about this latest addition to the culture war? It, I, I, there's a very fine line between things tickling me and worrying me deeply. <laughs> I just tend to... Uh, transform them through humour when I write. But um, I think the really interesting thing about 15 Minute City in particular is it's a really good example of how something pretty bland and innocuous can be turned into a culture war kind of story quite easily. Um, And I think 
the problem. I thought it was fascinating when the piece, I just wrote a short explainer and when it went out um, in my bubble of Twitter, it was well received. But I looked at the comments under the Irish Times official tweet of the piece and there was like 50 or so comments all quite angry uh, about it because this stuff digs in once it's a once it's a scary narrative. It sure does. So maybe you might summarise what some of those barbs were. Well, the really fascinating thing about these kind of conspiracies, so what they, what the conspiracy is, the very simple version of it is that 15-minute cities aren't just let's put more shops and services near where people live, which it was the very boring and bland urban planning version of what a 15-minute city is. They believe that it's ultimately going to be a big climate lockdown where people are forcibly kept within 15 minutes of their homes. And it's not helped by the fact that people like the World Economic Forum called the idea of 15-minute cities and post-COVID 15-minute cities a great reset in how we live. The current global crisis has disrupted every aspect of our lives. But it has also presented us with an extraordinary opportunity, a chance to reset and accelerate efforts to improve the state of our world. Um, which does look like, to a conspiratorial mind, like the lizard people who run the world are trying to control them. Well, I mean, it is particularly gas coming from people who all probably took private jets to the highest town in Switzerland to discuss this very idea of a great reset. Now, I I, I hear you on the bordering into worrisome versus humour aspect of this, because I wonder, you've got a lot of legit concerns around people who maybe want to have the freedom of their car and maybe don't, they live in a village, they want to be able to drive to a town and not have any hassle parking or pay loads of congestion charges. You know, if you're if you're living in County Roscommon and you want to go to Boyle to go to the shop, that you're not going to have to pay some exorbitant parking. I don't even know what the parking rate is in, in, in Boyle, but it's going to be cheap, you know. And then there's the all out lizard people, conspiracy theorists, like where's the Venn diagram, do you think? So the fascinating thing is I don't think people would be talking about this or taking it seriously as a thing to be worried about if it wasn't for the big, scary, almost sci-fi version of the story. Um, But when you look, when you dig into it, what tends to happen is there's shifting ground. So they're looking at what are basically traffic calming mechanisms in Oxford, and they're claiming that these are the beginnings of this big 15-minute city master plan. Um, but ultimately, if you look at the policy, that's issues with whether they do that traffic calming policy well or badly. Um, and there's a strong argument that a lot of these things are brought in without consulting people properly and without uh, thinking about the lives of ordinary people. Um, but there's a huge difference between saying 15-minute cities done badly um, implemented, say, with only upper-class people um, in already fancy neighbourhoods in mind. There's a big difference between worrying about that and saying that the elites want to keep people in an open-air prison. And if you look at the comments under the Irish Times tweet about that, it's kind of a mixture of people saying both. So... I find the kind of fluidity of those arguments quite hard. They're quite hard to argue with because as soon as you say, this is ridiculous, they go, well, what about people who 
can't afford to live somewhere that's not accessible by car. And you go, well, that's a fair enough point, but that's very different from saying the elites want to keep us in an open air prison. Yes. How do we get to that part so quickly? I think over COVID, there was a there was an interesting thing in Ireland where people simultaneously had more faith in RTE and the Irish Times and the reporting when you look at the surveys. But at the same time, there was a, an increasingly vocal minority who were getting more and more detached from mainstream media. You can make big arguments about how mainstream media might be failing ordinary people. But one of the consequences of this is that they've been gravitating. Those people have been gravitating more and more to conspiracy theories. And those conspiracy theories are very sticky online and they're much more exciting on one level and scary on another level than going, here's a very boring policy debate about how we plan our towns. You you mentioned Oxford there, Patrick, and in the British context, I think we had Tory MP Nick Fletcher recently looking for a parliamentary debate on the, quote, international socialist concept of so-called 15-minute cities. Ultra-low emission zones in their present form do untold economic damage to any city. However, the second step after these zones will take away personal freedoms as well. Sheffield is already on this journey and I do not want Doncaster, which is also a Labour-run socialist council, to do the same. Low emission zones cost the taxpayer money, simple as. However, 15-minute cities will cost us our personal freedom and that cannot be right. What other issues has Nick Fletcher been exercised by? (laughs) Well, he was really annoyed at there being too many female roles in the Star Wars films. (laughs) Uh, I think what he said there, though, is is a perfect example of how kind of incoherent and weird these conspiracy theories can be. Because the World Economic Forum, whatever problems you might have with them, they tend to be talking about very capitalistic interests of the rich. The idea that they're an international socialist cabal um, (laughs) is bizarre. But it just goes to show how kind of fluid and... So on the one hand, people will go... Like, one of the... One of the big fascinating things about the conspiracy theorists at the moment is they're basically going, the super rich are trying to bring in socialism. And none of that makes any sense if you're not hooked into those narratives online. Um, And they don't make any sense because the super rich are not trying to bring in socialism. They're trying to bring in hyper advanced capitalism. Like, I am not deluded. I know that in inept policymakers' hands, the 15-minute city might not work. But as a basic concept, all it says is that people should have services, workplaces near where they live for quality of life and also for the environment. Um, And it's about bringing in policies that make that happen. If they bring in those policies in a ham-fisted way, people will have a right to be annoyed but it is not a big lizard people elite conspiracy to keep people in open air prisons. I know we are laughing, Patrick, but it is a case of if you don't laugh, you'll cry. <laughs> I'm actually not laughing. I'm laughing now, but it's a kind of desperate laugh. I, I, like I have a very, um, uh, I guess, complex relationship with making jokes about these things. Um, I think it's quite scary. You can see the 15-minute city thing, like all of the conspiracies and all of the protest groups 
are kind of focusing around the same issues ultimately. It's the same people tend to be pushing the 15-minute city conspiracy theory who are pushing anti-migrant rhetoric, who are pushing anti-LGBT rhetoric. Um, If you look at the videos, which I'm afraid I have, of some of the Irish far-right YouTuber people, um, they're obsessed with all this stuff. And the reason they're obsessed with all this stuff is because each thing has something sticky in it and it might work for a different person. So they're just going for all of it. And the overarching thing is a dislike of straightforward information, a dislike of anyone who's different and an obsession with a mythical past that never existed. Coming up, how are 15-minute cities being received here in Ireland? Olivia, Patrick Frayne raised the concern that, you know, some of the opposition to 15-minute cities they're seeing in the UK is bound up in concerns that it won't be done right or that it'll, you know, only cater to certain kinds of people. What about in Ireland? Are there moves to create more walkable towns and cities being handled in a good way? I I think our our own authorities here are, you know are not doing too badly in that. I think in what they've come out with has been generally quite positively received. If you you think of, say, in in Dublin City, there's one thing to say with existing communities, how, you know, wouldn't you like, because you're already a resident, wouldn't you like... um, the shop to be open, you know, to be able to not have to get into a car to get your pint of milk. That is just the local shop that's open. That's an easy enough sell. But what the Dublin City Council is looking at as well is new developments. Um, say there's there's new lands near the, the Nace Road that they have they know, very long-term plans, 50-year plans for. Um, and they see this as, as a car-free neighbourhood. And they've said that... But they've also said what you'll have to make it a car-free neighbourhood, and you know it's it's there's been there's been very little negative reaction to that. Now you could say because it's a long-term plan, because it it isn't here yet, that that that's the reason why there there's been very little poor reaction to it. But I think they're so far in what they've put out on it, they're selling the message quite well. Those carless neighbourhoods, what sort of places are we talking about? How will it work? There are possibly more ambitious things you can do with them because you're starting from scratch. So I think I mentioned uh, lands, a huge amount of land on the Nace Road. Both Dublin City Council and South Dublin County Council are getting together to develop plans for these lands. They're calling it City Edge, which I think is a terrible name because it makes it sound like it's miles away. And it isn't. It's right next to Inchicore. They... They basically would be a new car-free zone. And, you know, this is where the conspiracy theorists or they, you know, they, they might come back into it and say, well, I don't want to live in a car-free zone. No one's making you. Don't come and live here then. But there will be people in the future. You just won't have a car. Public transport will be so good. The facilities within your local neighbourhood will be so good. A car will be the last thing in your thoughts. Right, that sounds good. But I guess, you know, a lot of journeys will start in that neighbourhood, but they might end in all sorts of different parts of the country. And the public transport to those parts of the country, like, say, the West Coast, might not be so good. So what do people do in that situation? Rent a car? If that's your issue, just don't go and live here. 
You know, okay. You know, there will be people who say, well, I don't really need all that often to get to a remote part of Ireland. I'd rather live here and have my day to day life, um, you know, as easy as possible. And when I do need to go on those rare occasions where I do need to go to the back end of nowhere, well, yeah, maybe I'll hire a car or, you know, I'll I'll get a train as far as I can and a bus the rest of the way. Yeah, I'm not saying that that is easy, but people make their compromises in, in where they live. And as I say, no one's forcing you. Don't go and live there. So 15-minute cities are a goal of the authorities here. Have you seen any sort of backlash of the sort we were talking about earlier? Yeah, sadly, anything that that happens, you know, in English-speaking countries eventually gets imported over here and, and particularly in that sort of crazy online social media world, you know. So, yeah, people will start importing that conspiracy theory that it's about, you know, locking us into to our, our 15 minute zones rather than, you know, what it what it actually is. Yeah, there will be that sort of opposition. And I think as well, because possibly issues like, you know, vaccine conspiracy theories, because they're they they are maybe less relevant now. You know, there's always those sort of crazy ideologies looking for a new home. And unfortunately, this may be the new home for them, the the concept of the 15 minute city. But, you know, hopefully it'll always just be those unhinged fringe elements rather than anything that gains any sort of mainstream traction. And certainly I haven't heard it here as a, you know, a big block of opposition to to the concept. There is opposition, though, to plans to give over more space in the city to pedestrians and cyclists than cars, right? Yeah, there there always is. There, you know, it's the notion of what we have, we hold, and motorists think they, they have ownership over a, a certain amount of road space and that that's theirs and that they'd be, you know, relinquishing it. And people don't like that notion. But all motorists at some stage or another are pedestrians and, you know, they should want a, a, a nicer, easier way to get around. Olivia, I know you're the Dublin editor, but what about outside Dublin and the other cities? If I can take you there for a second, is there a movement on this in other places? Yeah, there's always this notion of, well, that's all very well for you up above in Dublin when it comes to any of these things, particularly things that involve transport issues, as as this certainly does. But no, the, the Southern Regional Assembly, um, and that would sort of guide the, the development of, of Munster, parts of South Leinster and, and Connacht, they're embracing this and, and they've done a, a project on, you know, the concept, not just of a 15 minute city. They're being even more ambitious. They're looking at a 10 minute town and they've looked at, at a few towns, Carlo, Ennis and Tralee as as pilots. They did this, I think, in, in the last couple of years um, and, and they focused on like you, anyone who lives outside Dublin will know the rural town is is very car focused and but they have sort of looked at ways that if you live within the perimeter of the town how your life might be made a bit easier 
so that you don't have to get into your car. And it's some of the, the things that they've done are as simple as, you know, a wall at the back of a housing estate that meant that people either had to do a massive circuitous walk to get into the centre of the town. And more than likely, if the walk was more than 20 minutes, they would get in their car and just taken down a wall so, you know, people can walk through. Things as simple as that can make a big difference. Olivia Kelly, thank you very much for joining us. That's all for today. For access to all of Olivia's articles and full journalism from the Irish Times, subscribe. Go to irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. This episode was produced by Declan Conlon. In the news, we'll be back on Monday.